All right, all right. Find your seat. Find your seat. You all probably know this guy because he's been going to church here a long time. But his name's Mason, and he actually just graduated Rama Bible College this past May. And you guys are the ones that sent him there. So now we get to see the fruit of what you guys did. So this is his first time speaking at church. So if his jokes aren't funny, go ahead and laugh anyway. Because <laughs> we all start somewhere, right? Let's give him some good amens, and let's really engage with Mason this morning, all right? All right, Mason, it's all yours. Thanks, Cade. Uh, well, first off, I want to thank you again, Cade, for allowing me onto the stage to speak to all of you all today. Even though my t- the toes of my preaching shoes are a little damp from Mexico, three services up there, uh, this is my first time speaking to a crowd that actually understands what I'm saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> forgive me if it's not flawless. Uh, To start off, I would like us to go to Ephesians 1 and pray the prayer found in there. I'm going to read this from the NIV, and I'm going to start in verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that... in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparable yeah, lost it, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority power, and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Now, the reason I wanted to read that is because the Bible helps us to be sensitive to what God wants us all to hear. It helps us to tune into his frequency. And this prayer is a good scriptural way to connect with the Lord. But that's not the only portion of scripture that helps us to tune in to God's spirit. I'd also like to go to Psalm chapter 66 and start in verse 16. Come and hear all who fear God, and I will tell of what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But certainly God has heard. He has given heed to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, who has not turned away my prayer, nor his loving kindness from me. I want to go back to verse 18 and talk about that a little bit. If I regard wickedness in my heart, since that's kind of in the Old Testament, it's more likely to happen back then because the Spirit of God did not live within us. But God does live within us now. He is within all of our spirits as we are born again. And darkness and light cannot coexist. And since God is light, darkness and wickedness cannot be in us, which means 
based on what it says later in the scriptures, God hears us. He hears everything we say. But do we always hear what he says? You all can be the you all can answer that yourselves. <laughs> okay. Moving on to James 4:8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now that last part, that's kind of speaking more to backslidden people, so I'm not going to focus on that part. The first part, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Every step we take towards him is two steps closer because God is also taking a step towards us. We all know that. That's a good truth, right? All right. Continuing on to Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 and 16. Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips that give thanks to his name. And do not look do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with, what, with such sacrifices, God is pleased. See, praise, as Dylan and in all of the worship staff up here know, it is a sacrifice. Sometimes they don't want to do it. They don't want to be up here singing. And as we all know, sometimes we don't want to be down there singing. <laughs> we don't want to be getting loud and hooping and hollering and giving our praise to God, even, even though that is something that he wants us to do. It can be a sacrifice. It can be something that we don't necessarily want to do. That's why it is a sacrifice. If it was easy, it wouldn't be a sacrifice. <laughs> and another thing that will help us to tune in, another verse... Colossians 3, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So, why is it so important to tune in to what God has to say? On the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. The Lord wants us to prosper. The scripture is the greatest avenue for success. He always has and always will want us to have the best. He knows that the greatest way for us to receive what he has is to be connected. And in order to stay connected, we have to tune up our own spirits through the word. So what are some verses we can do to, to uh, meditate on to... Tune up our own spirits. Well, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16 is one such scripture. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely 
on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children. Do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Sounds simple, right? Kinda. <laughs> Another scripture. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. And that's not good. <laughs> that's bad. And finally, Romans chapter 6, verse 11. A lot shorter, this one. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Did anybody else notice this theme that's been coming around? We have to do something. Are these things required for salvation? No. But in order to access the limitless life that God has already given us, we need to trust what he says and live the way he wants us to live, even if it may contradict what the culture says, as Kate said. Each of these scriptures we have read so far have shown us that we have a part to play in order to be limitless, truly limitless. The scriptures we will read help us to take God by the hand and with his help pull ourselves out of the mess that is the world to tune out its ways and focus on what Jesus has done for us and the eternity we will share with him. I also recommend for your own studies the book of Proverbs. It's great. <laughs> Full of things that are great advice. <laughs> All right, starting in James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. In the last chapter of, of Ephesians, we have the armor of God listed there. These verses we've just read and we are reading now, these are great piece, parts to our armor. Remember these. Use these as the sword, as, it, as you feel is necessary. Anything that comes up, if any of these scriptures apply to you, take hold of it. Study it on your own time. Meditate on it. And also, as 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances, but examine everything carefully. 
Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. So if that were easy, we'd all be doing it. It's not easy. If it were, I'm fairly certain Jesus would have come already. Because we all would just turn that off. Turn off the part of us that wants to grow roots into the couch at home, watching Netflix, or in my case, playing video games. <laughs> it can be kind of difficult for all of us. Everyone here can probably attest to that very much. You got one more verse. Chapter, two, uh, chapter 1 of Second Peter, going back there. A little earlier, though. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Did you catch that last part? Escaped. That's past tense. As we are born again, that part of us, that was torn away. God tore that away. We got out of that. As far as God's concerned, none of the stuff out there doesn't have to bother us. It can try, but it's going to fail every single time, so long as we stick to what the Bible says. We live in this world, but that doesn't mean we have to live like the world. We are citizens of heaven, not of this world. And have been since we got born again. As we died to this world, and now we live in Christ. And for your own studies, Romans chapter 6, in its entirety, explains this in more detail than I feel is we need to get into at the moment. The entire Bible is full of advice. I'd read you the whole thing to start to finish, but I'm pretty sure Cade wouldn't let me back up here if I tried that. And I'm fairly certain all the rest of you have things you want to do today. <laughs> Uh, you can read the Bible from nearly any point and get advice, or in some cases, even a direct answer to whatever it is that you are going through. There's always something in there. No matter what book of the Bible you open up, there's always something. And if you pair this with the Holy Spirit who lives within us, and nothing can hold us down, nothing, no chain can bind us to this earth. Amen. Nothing. But we must remain tuned in to him in order to hear what he has to say. Like a radio. You want to get to your favorite station, sometimes you have to adjust that little knob. Or button in some cases. <laughs> it's also important... Because as we stay tuned in to him, we also receive tune-ups, corrections, and necessary adjustments to our lives. Every single one of you who's been saved for more than a year, which I'm fairly certain is everyone in this room, 
then you all can attest to that. That as we stay connected, sometimes we need a little course correction. And sometimes we get it. And most of those sometimes it hurts. (laughs) Just being up here talking, sharing what I have here, I'm preaching to myself just as much as I'm preaching to all of you. That's how you know it's good. (laughs) Like I said before, if it were easy, then Jesus would have come back already. Because everybody would just turn off that part of us that's just, nope. (laughs) I'd rather just zone into the TV. Just going to glue myself to it, not get away. Yeah. (laughs) Sharing the gospel is important. It's probably the most important mandate on our lives at this time. Until eternity comes, that's our purpose. We are God's children. We need to reach those that only we can reach. There are people out there that you know, every single one of you knows someone who you can reach. It's not always going to be an instantaneous, hey, you're saved now. Sometimes it takes work. A lot of times it takes work. It takes prayer on our own time and with them even, if they're willing. takes building a connection with them, making a relationship. doesn't necessarily have to be a, you know, best friend kind of relationship because we can't be hanging around certain types of people all the time. But we at least need to get close to them and allow them to get close enough to us for them to see God for who he is as he shines through us. We are his representatives here. It's what we do. It's what we're supposed to do. It's our call. It is the great commission itself. Go out into all the world. Share the gospel. All the world, in your case, might just be your neighbor. The guy next door. The person across the street who you borrowed the lawnmower from that one time. Your management team. Or if you're self-employed. Your customers. Family. Cousins. They're all important to God. Jesus died for them. The worst of the worst of them, just as fast as he died for us. It's important to us that we stay tuned in to what God has so that we can share that with them. We can share the living water that is God's word and God's spirit with them. We must stay tuned for the Lord and that life that he already gave us 
will flow into this world as we know it and make our lives infinitely better than we could ask or even think. Before I hand this off back to Kate, I want to close in a prayer. Father God, I thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak over this church. I pray that these words bless them. I pray that your life flows into their lives and be made manifest. Let your presence fall upon their households, Father God, cleansing them from all sin and impurities. Give them strength, give them courage. And for those that lay awake at night, give them sleep. Let your rest fall upon them. Let your peace be theirs, be ours. Father God, I thank you most of all for giving us the opportunity to share your word with those who are around us and for helping us to recognize that opportunity every single time it comes our way and to be bold and take it by the horns and do it your way. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. John Mason, yeah, let's give him a hand. Yeah. I'm kind of curious who that prayer was for. Who's lying awake at night and needs to sleep? Who was that? There's two back there and there's one. Up. Man, that was so, I was like, oh, the spirit of wisdom right there. Just, just drop right there. That's so awesome. I love that. Did you know you could operate in that spiritual gift, brother? Yeah, that's awesome. I love how he titled that Tuned Into God's Spirit. It reminded me, because I'm a musician in my past life, before I became a pastor, about how our guitarists up here, they have to tune their guitars two or three times for a service. And uh, if they didn't, y'all probably wouldn't like the music as much. Actually, I might, I might have them try that next week. Just go ahead and not tune, and, and let's see how it sounds. And so whenever we're tuned into God's Spirit by taking in His Word and living by His Word... You know that you're doing that because the people around you are enjoying your presence and enjoying being around you. But as soon as you get out of tune, all of a sudden you're not so enjoyable anymore to those people around you. And so that's a good indication of how you're doing in that department. So that's a really good word, Mason, and actually is something that the Lord's been speaking to me. I read this book not too long ago called Killing Kryptonite, and it's by John Bevere. And if, you don't, if you've ever read a book by John Bevere or heard him, he's a prophet to to our country. Like, and a true prophet, like, they bring some hard things to hear. That's, that's kind of their job. And America's in this place, the American church is in this place. How many of you guys know what kryptonite is? Anybody watch Superman? So kryptonite's the only thing that could take Superman's strength. So killing kryptonite, what's the thing that's stealing the strength of the church? Is what he addresses in that book. And what it is, is habitual sin. In other words, like we're kind of like believing what culture is telling us, like homosexuality is okay, and I just do what I want, blah, 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 and then we allow that to come into the church, and it infects the church, even if just one person's doing it, and the church loses its power. And after I read that book, it's like, well, how do we, how do we address that in the church without like 
if you grew up in the church, like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, the church was like hardcore, don't sin, like, and they were just beating people over the head with it. And we all know that that's not the right solution because it didn't help anybody. But have we like swung too far over here where we just don't even talk about it anymore? Even though it's important for us to talk about it in love. And I think Mason did an exceptional job this morning pouring love out of his heart, but yet bringing us the truth at the same time. Like, you can't live like the world and be a Christian and, and, and think that you're going to live a successful Christian life. Like, it's just not going to happen. And the reason, you know, you could just feel the love coming off of Mason. And I think that's the key. Like, if we're really, like, telling people the, these hard truths to hear because we love them, like, maybe you have a friend that's tied up in homosexuality, and really your heart's just like, I know that's not their best life. Like, and I want to see them free from that. Because were they born that way? Maybe. We were all born into sin, right? But we were all born again into a new life with Christ, and that's what we should want for other people. So when we address somebody who's having a struggle in their life like that, it's not like, you better get straightened out, Nicole, or stop coming to church. It's, let, let me love you through this, and let me help you. You know that God has more for you than that. Like, you may feel like that's your best life, but I can promise you it's not. And as soon as you step out of that, you're going to find your best life. So be praying for me and be praying for this church because I believe that God's going to use our church as a catalyst in our culture to lead people into a true relationship with Christ. Like not dabbling in the world and dabbling into Christ, one foot in, one foot out, but like two feet in. I'm living my life for God because I know that's my best life. How many of you guys want to see that in your friends, in your family? Amen. So let's do that. Let's just, let's just trust the Holy Spirit that he's going to lead us, the words to say to always say it from love and to never get caught up, never get frustrated with people, but to be patient with them and love them and see them change their life. I'm excited to see that. Amen. Well, y'all, it's given time. We get the privilege to give. And a lot of you guys do online giving. So you may do it all throughout the week, and that's awesome. That's what I do. Um, A lot of you give texting on your phone because we're super high tech like that. Everybody but Mason, because Mason doesn't have a smartphone. And he was even talking about dialing in the radio with a knob, so I don't know what generations he's from, but he looks pretty young to me. (laughs) But, you know, I was reading in Ephesians all week, and actually I want to encourage you guys to read Ephesians. It's only six chapters long, and you can get through it really fast, because I believe that's a book that's kind of written to our church as I was reading it. That's where our core scripture is, so it kind of makes sense. So um, I've actually been reading it through my workout. So I'll work out, do a set, and then I'll go read a a chapter of Ephesians out loud during my rest time, and then come back, do another set, and go read a chapter of Ephesians. It's like the perfect rest time. So if y'all are working out, like, that's the perfect thing to do. Then you end your workout, like, pumped physically, and then you're pumped spiritually. Hoorah! And it's awesome. And, uh, And if you're like me, like, I really don't like working out. Like, that's not just my natural tendency. I didn't play sports or anything like that growing up, so it kind of helps me. I'm like, I'm really just up here doing a Bible study. I'm not working out. But uh, I was reading in, I think it's chapter two, and I realized yesterday, is like my fifth time reading it this week, that um, Paul groups sexual sin and greed in the same group, as if they're the same thing. Like, he lists it, just those two things. And I'm just like, it just kind of hit me. Like, we have to be really careful not to get caught up in greed, because what that turns into is idolatry, because you're trusting in the world more than you're trusting in God. It's kind of what, how he breaks it down after that. I was just like, wow. Because we kind of like believe like at the church as a whole, like sexual sin is like the pinnacle of sin. Like you're, that's, that's the worst you can do. And then Paul's like, actually, greed's right up there with it. 
So if you're not given, you're just the same as those people who are out there committing adultery and doing all kinds of stupid stuff with their bodies. So take that to heart and just be like, I am going to guard myself against greed. And I'm always going to be a giver because that's who God's called me to be. And I don't want the world to ever take hold of me. I don't want its riches to take hold of me. So the only way to guard against that is to be a giver. And you guys are, are great, gracious givers. You guys are faithful givers. We, we don't have a problem financially. We're able to support these ministries. $1,000 a month in Mexico, 500 to don't look back and do all these things because you guys are faithful and you're giving. So not saying to pat yourself on the back, but I just want you to say that we are all coming together and we're giving and we're making an impact and it's only going to go up from here. Amen. Um, just one announcement for you guys. Small, small, summer small groups are about halfway through. If you haven't joined one yet, you can still join one. We don't like close the door after the first one happens. The door's always open to our small groups. And you guys were probably wondering about my small group, which is the Entrepreneur's Breakfast. And we meet at 6.30 in the mornings on Tuesday mornings. I remember you all looked at me like, ain't nobody going to Kate's small group. Well, let me tell you, it's gone up in attendance each group. We've, we had 10, and then we had 11, and then we had 12. So we'll see what happens. It may end up with 20, 30 people by the time it's all said and done. But yeah, if Montana can get there, Diva Montana, anybody can get there. He didn't make the first one, though. But true story, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make the first one on time either. <laughs> it's actually really funny. I slept through my alarm on the first entrepreneur's breakfast as the leader of the group. Dylan calls me at 6.30. He's like, Kate, where are you? You know, just getting out of bed. I'll be there in 15 minutes. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Let's see, what are the other groups? Just so, so we have a men's thing that meets Wednesday nights. And they're calling it a restaurant tour, but I want to tell you guys this. If you're like, Kate, I don't have money to go out to eat every week. Hey, we get that. Um, we've all been in that place. But you don't have to eat when you go. You can, like, just go hang out with the fellas. And it's okay. Like, you don't have to even feel bad about not eating. Just be like, I ate before I came. My wife makes better food than Logan's or, or whatever you want to say. Same thing with the Saturday socials. They meet at a different time on Saturdays. They're going bowling or, or they're meeting here and playing board games or whatever. Like, if you don't have money to bowl, come anyway and hang out with the group. You guys will still have a good time. And then there's the women's group, which is on Tuesday nights. I don't think you guys are eating dinner or anything, so yeah, they have snacks. The women know how to do it. I don't know what's wrong with the other two groups, making y'all pay money. But let's pray over our offering. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to give and that you're taking our giving and that you're using it in a mighty way. God, we ask that you multiply it in our lives, and we ask that you multiply it as we send it out. We ask that you multiply it right here in this church. In Jesus' name, amen.